This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Next, we go to an icon in the broadcasting world. I'm talking to Lloyd Robertson in his role as a mental health advocate. He's with us ahead of the fifth High Notes Gala for Mental Health, which celebrates possibilities for a better future for people living with mental illness. The gala is going to be held in a couple of days on Thursday. Lloyd, welcome and thanks for joining us. Hello. Uh, We're having... We're going to try and get Lloyd... Hello. Hello. You're there. Good. Thank you for joining us, Lloyd. Thank you. I was uh, just about to say, Libby, that uh, I rather envy you because all of these political news stories seem to break just when you're coming on the air. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) It's always uh, amusing when it happens a few minutes before air. (laughs) But it's it's fascinating. Uh, Uh, this, This latest one is especially fascinating. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm happy to discuss that as well. <laughs> if sure. you have if you have any uh, insight on it, what, what's your take on all of this? Uh, well, it's surprising to me, as to many other people, obviously, that Vic Fideli has decided uh, not to run for the uh, permanent leadership. He's the interim leader, but he didn't really want the title of interim leader because he said that uh, you know he intended to be the leader through the election and beyond, and. Um, and now he's saying he's not going to test the election. So he has apparently uh, uncovered real problems within the Conservative Party structure uh, since he took the job. And I think that is probably holding him back. He's decided that, you know, I just can't do both. Uh, I've got a big job on my hands. I'd better uh, get the troops rounded up and pull this thing together as best I can before we um, before we pick the new leader, whoever that may be. Could also be there's something else going on. I know that he threw his support to Christine Elliott uh, in the last race. And uh, could that mean that Christine Elliott is um, going to run again? Uh, if she does, um, Vic uh, would probably once again support her if he's not running himself. So, you know, there are many suppositions and possibilities in this, but it sure is fascinating for a party that was 43 years in power in this province at one time, when you think of it, with old man Ontario, Leslie Frost, and Bill Davis for all those years, and has been in the wilderness uh, now for, well, since the late 90s. And um, will they have a chance of getting back in this time? It looked like it for a while, but now... All of that is uh, thrown into a cocked hat, as they say. Well, uh, they seem to have a talent for shooting themselves in the foot, I must say. Yes, that is one of their problems. And if they they can't get that together this time, uh, they are not going to win the election, that's clear. Because, uh, you know, what what has to happen here is they have to pull together under one leader. And uh, they're, they're not even close to picking a leader yet, I gather. They're saying March 24th they'll have one. But uh, it's a steep uphill climb for them. Uh, but it can be done. You know, it, it can be done, I think, if, uh, if they manage to get their act together and pull in the same direction. 
Yeah, um, you know, at this point, uh, my guess would be that that uh, the insiders pulled Vic aside and uh, they told him, "Look, we have to come up with one candidate to take on Doug Ford." But what do I know? Well, it could be, and the other thing is, um, uh, too, Vic is uh, is uh, very steady and uh, has been the finance critic. And indeed was, as I understand it, the person who uncovered the gas plant scandal originally and put it out there. Uh, so he's a very steady guy. And uh, I don't think there's any doubt that he could have he could have been the leader um, had he chosen to run uh, and would have had an excellent chance of, uh, of winning. So uh, there's much more to come on this story. Uh, I think we're we're just scratching the surface here. Uh, we absolutely are. And, and here, how's this for a segue, Lloyd? The former leader, Patrick Brown, uh, part of his platform was to dedicate more resources to mental health. And uh, you're here today to talk about the fifth High Notes Gala for Mental Health. Uh, uh, Tell us about your personal story, please. Yes. Well, uh, first of all, just let me say that uh, this is an entertainment evening. And when uh, Ingrid Tahiri uh, and I've been doing, um, helping her a little bit now for the past few years um, on the mental health side, um, in regard to the high note scale of doing things for the website, that kind of thing. When she asked me about this one, I said, well, you know, I don't sing, I don't dance, so <laughs> I don't know what I would do. And she said, well, make it a kind of a TED talk for 10 minutes or so. So that's what I'm going to do. And basically, it's my story as outlined in my autobiography from a few years ago. And it talks about really uh, about a child growing up in a home where mental illness clouded the atmosphere from the time, from as far back as I can remember, until I uh, left the house uh, at the age of 18, 19. Uh, And my father was um, 60 years old when I was born, so he developed some physical ailments. My mother was severely disabled mentally and emotionally. And um, I remember my father taking me to see her in the mental hospitals around Ontario. Uh, She was... um, suffered many different problems, OCD, bipolar, um, paranoia, perhaps with a touch of schizophrenia. But she was also a very bright woman. And what occurred to me in writing this book was that today uh, she would have been um, probably able to function with uh, drugs and therapy. But in those days, you couldn't talk about it. I mean, I couldn't bring other friends to the house. I could go to their houses. And because uh, there was a suspicion that maybe there was something wrong with my mother, um, their parents would never ask about her um, because it was going to be too embarrassing if I were to say, well, you know, my mother has a mental problem. Um, Because it did reflect on the other members of the family. Indeed, there was one case where I know of a case where someone um, had, uh, had, had to admit that their mother or father, whoever it was, had a mental problem in the family, and the immediate response was, well, there must be something seriously wrong with you then, Um, because it always reflects on the family. Uh, It's very, very different now, but we're talking here the bad old days, uh, 50s, early 60s, and my mother eventually had a prefrontal lobotomy, uh, which kind of made her into a zombie, a ghost-like figure, as she was for the rest of my life, uh, not able to show emotions, on one side or the other. Indeed, when I was at my father's funeral, she um, turned to me and said, why are you crying, Lloyd? She couldn't connect why I would be so sad at the death of my father 
who was my um, only real connector all of those years. So I, I talk about this just to illustrate to people how far, how very far we've come over the last several years in battling that old dark stigma of mental illness. Now, I think there is still a long way to go. But when you see, as you mentioned in the intro, with the uh, mental health programs being promoted by political parties uh, in their platforms, I mean, this is really something that you couldn't have dreamed of uh, back in the 40s and 50s when I was growing up with my mother. So to me, this is about hope, and that is the theme of the gala. And I think we just have to keep talking about this. And uh, we also have um, the wonderful Mike Landsberg on the program for Thursday night, uh, February 1st at Richmond Hill Center, because he is um, he has suffered for many, many years uh, with depression. Now, I thought, you know, I had a bout of something, too, many years ago during a particularly fractious strike at the CBC, where I worked for 22 years before moving to CTV. Um, but it turned out to be sleep deprivation. But many of the symptoms were similar to the symptoms that I saw on my mother. And it gave me quite a fright, I'll tell you, at the time. Uh, fortunately, I recovered quickly and uh, and was fine. But when you, there is nothing, nothing more difficult and nothing harder to contemplate than losing control of your own mind, your own thought process. You just see it disappearing and, and you can see it leaving you. And, uh, and that is a very frightening thing to happen. Uh, so Lloyd, I'm, what I... we're doing is just giving people hope that there is, there is a therapy, there are medications, um, and you, you've got to get out there and talk about it and let other people know how you're feeling. Uh, Lloyd, just before we take uh, another break, uh, so did your mother, did she live at home or was she institutionalized? Well, she was both, uh, really, Libby. While I was growing up, she, uh, uh, I would say it was probably 70% of the time she was institutionalized and 30% of the time she was at home because she would come home, uh, couldn't handle it, uh, would be back in the institution. And I remember those visits to places like uh, the St. Thomas Mental Health Facility, uh, walking in, seeing people frozen in catatonic states and hallways, uh, hearing the screams from... And then the cries from behind the locked doors in the padded cells, uh, yeah. seeing people um, walking in the hallways, muttering to themselves, all of that. So I have been fascinated by this whole subject all of my life. In fact, I think if I hadn't gotten into broadcasting, I might have gotten into psychiatry because it's always been a deep fascination of mine. That is, you know, what happens within our brains, uh, which on a fluke, it can happen to any of us. It can happen to anybody, and we've got to remember that, that there but for the grace of God is a word go I. Yep, um, because exactly. Because that's the way it is. Okay, uh, Lloyd, hang on. We have to take another break, and we'll be right back to talk more about this. Fight Back with Libby Zneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. I am uh, talking to Lloyd Robertson about mental health. Uh, this is ahead of a big gala that he is going to be involved in. It's happening just two nights from now on Thursday. And uh, Lloyd, is there a particular aspect of mental health uh, that uh, you are hoping to get funded or to raise awareness for as a result of this gala? Well, I think everything um, involved with it, Libby, but perhaps most importantly, uh, depression, because depression 
uh, we are told, is going to be the um, major problem um, in terms of mental illness come 2020 in young people. And um, we have known for a long time, of course, that people are depressed at various times in their lives. Uh, but clinical depression has become much more prominent over the last several years. So um, I'll be talking about that. But, of course, I'll also be telling my own story, as I outlined to you earlier, in terms of my mother's bipolar and OCD and uh, the other difficulties she had with paranoia. Um, but I think it's depression that um, that is perhaps the most prominent thing that people are concerned about right now because it's hitting young people and it's hitting them in such large numbers. And, of course, um, social media is contributing to that. Uh, look at the numbers of suicides we've had uh, across the world over the last few years uh, that we've heard about. Indeed, there may have been more, but we've heard about quite a few, um, often involving young people who have been bullied or are feeling left out for one reason or another, and they get depressed. Now, it may not be pure clinical depression, but much of it is analyzed as that. And um, I think it's it's a matter of getting on top of that particular problem and trying to make life more livable for some of these people who are uh, suffering from depression. Okay, Lloyd, uh, thank you very much for sharing that with us. That's all the time we have. Uh, really appreciate that. Thank you, Libby, and it's always great to talk with you, and good luck to you. Okay, thank you. All right. Uh, So, again, I know uh, there are people who want to tell us about their own stories. Free for All Friday is coming up uh, if you want to call back on that. And uh, that's all the time we have for Fight Back for today. We now break for traffic and news. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.